yourself. You are not giving up on yourself. You are not, there is not a problem in you for having to have help and assistance to overcome that and you having to take medication or you make not having. You making the choice to take medication in postpartum to help with natural physiological changes so that you're able to provide for your family, be present with yourself, and not lose size, not lose sight of who you are as a new mom is not a failure. It is a strength and a support system. Hey mama, are you in your third trimester and starting to freak out about the postpartum period? We'll take a deep breath and welcome to the new mom naturopath podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, a naturopathic physician and a fellow mom who's been in your shoes. From mindset techniques to holistic strategies for your health, we'll empower you to navigate motherhood with confidence and vitality. So grab a comforting cup of tea, or who are we kidding, coffee, and let's dive in to this incredible chapter of your life. My goal of this podcast is to embrace the naturopathic principle of docere, which means to teach. I really want you to learn practical advice on how to actually improve your postpartum experience, but this does not replace the use of your own personal physician. Any and all medical advice should be done and taken through the careful and personal decisions of your medical doctor. Can I let you in on a little secret? You're probably spending way too much time preparing for labor and not enough time preparing for postpartum. Postpartum is a zillion times longer, and I want to help you with it. So check out my free training at www.thenewmomnaturopath.com. That's thenewmomnaturopath.com. It's a 40-minute training that helps you prepare for postpartum with confidence. Today, I want to talk to you about the um, HPA axis, which is your stress response um, hormone system in your body. And it involves a bunch of different organs, namely the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, the adrenal gland, um, and cortisol um, secretions in your body. There's also a lot tied to the thyroid too, um, and I'll get to the reasoning of this a little bit later. But throughout pregnancy, your placenta is an endocrine gland. It produces estrogen and progesterone at very high levels compared to what you would be without pregnancy. And that has an effect on the um, production of a hormone called cortisol-releasing hormone. Normally, in a, I don't want to say normal, but in a non-pregnant body, that would be released only by the hypothalamus, which is a part of your brain. Um, now, that cortisol-releasing hormone does exactly what it says it's doing. It goes both to the adrenal gland. Oh, first it stops. So, we're going to make this more complicated than I really want. But it stops at the pituitary gland, which then secretes um, ACTH, which is um, uh, adrenal cortisol thyroid hormone. What is ACTH? What does that stand for? Dear God, I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, boy. Adrenocorticotropic hormone. Let's just make it complicated. Um, that is what causes you to actually release cortisol from your adrenals, which is a gland that sits just above the kidneys. So in, hor- in pregnancy, you have that being secreted by the placenta, which is kind of interesting that that's something that we have found, you know, to be the case. 
Now, when cortisol is high, that is a biofeedback marker in your body to stop releasing cortisol-releasing hormone. And it works the same with your hypothalamus as it would with your placenta. But when you rapidly take away that placenta, your body has to go, wait, well, what? I have to do this the old way now? Okay. So then your brain has to come online. Now, a lot of research in this area, yes, on rats and on animal studies, and then um, I think a little bit of research has been done in the last few years on actual female cortisol levels. This has been a major implication on what happens in postpartum depression. And you can kind of see why is that and anxiety, any sort of mental health, because we're talking about an increase in stress. And so there's two ways, watch three, there's three ways that someone can deal with stress in their life. There's fight, flight, or freeze. And I'm sure you've heard that cliche before. Flight means that I'm going to run because I have all the energy and my body's response to a danger is to get out of it. There's fight where, oh, there's danger. I'm going to fight this bear because I'm macho and feel like I can. Um, I might be slightly delusional, but I'm going to fight it. And then there's freeze, which is to go and just sit still and hope the bear doesn't kill you. The freeze is, I feel like some people want to say that freeze is pathological. No, it's conditioned, number one. And number two It's not as if you can't get yourself to go into each one of these. It's a matter of training your brain how to respond in these situations and how best you need to respond in each different situation. And in our day and age, there's no bear. There's, there is no physical, tangible bear to run from. So why would you run? Like, why would you run? Instead, we have a bunch of different cues that are mixed and and matched, like, dopamine hits from things like Facebook and Instagram and other people and more connectivity than we've ever had before. It's not a bad thing. It just changes how our body works. And your body after postpartum, when it's gone through, you have a massive drop in progesterone and estrogen and a couple of other hormones that I'm not going to get into because I don't really want to go that nitty gritty. But you also have to change from having the placenta create this cortisol releasing hormone, but also You have to get your brain back on order in a bunch of different ways. And then naturally your body is starting to produce milk. So as I discussed in previous episodes, you're having a drop in dopamine in order to increase prolactin because prolactin is only released within the body as a result of a decrease in dopamine. Now your body's compensation mechanism for that drop in dopamine is to have an increase in oxytocin, which is your letdown effect in um, in postpartum. And it's also a comforting hormone and it is the main hormone responsible for contractions of the uterus, both during labor and after when we're trying to contract around that placenta wound so that you're able to not have, um, you know, not bleed out. (laughs) Minor detail. Now, why does this something that you should know? Well, I feel like for me in this situation, It was helpful for me to know that things are rapidly changing in my body and it's, I'm not going to have the same stress response. And I've said it in a couple of episodes here that your body has a completely different HBA axis. It's going to be like haywire for a little bit. And that is absolutely true. 
and there are other factors. So you know how I said that the, the parathyroid hormone gets stimulated by cortisol releasing hormone? Well, the, there is also changes to um, your the release of cortisol based on thyroid levels and the presence of thyroid antibodies. And during postpartum, your body has gone through a immunological shift, we'll say that, which is a fancy way of saying that your immune system has changed a bit too. Now, if you were if you were to be not pregnant and you were to have a foreign substance with different DNA in your body, your body would automatically attack that and get rid of it. So in order to be pregnant, your body has to be able to shut off that part of its immune system to say, mm, this isn't this isn't, this isn't us, but it's also safe. Like, don't, don't eat me. Like, don't eat it. Like, this is not, because that's what your body does with foreign objects is it, like, breaks it down and, um, digests it. That's what, that's what your cells do. Um, and so there's also that shift in your immune system where you're going back to being like, foreign objects, we kill. Instead of, oh, there's a baby, don't do that. Now, also, that's just like, let's just add fuel to the fire. You have automatically during labor an increase in um, inflammatory markers called prostaglandins. These are the type of markers that are inhibited by commonly over-the-counter medications like ibuprofen um, and um, naproxen and in some, some pathways, Tylenol. It's a different prostaglandin, but I'm not getting into that complex stuff either because I just don't have the time to, yeah. Also, it's unnecessary. Anyway, but in order for you to go through the process of diving into labor, your body automatically increases those prostaglandin levels. So as a result of labor, just before you get all the injuries and <laughs> the tears and the swelling and the edema and all that stuff, your body ends up increasing inflammatory markers in order to stimulate oxytocin in some way. We're not really sure how that works in the body, but we do know there is a trend. As you go towards labor, you have an increase in prostaglandins that actually result in the stimulus of birth and of labor. And so your body has a lot of shifts it has to go through. I think I'm noticing, if you're ever noticing a theme, but in those that in those women that have postpartum depression or some sort of postpartum mental health, generally the inflammation in the body, and I literally mean that in, there is an increase in, in inflammatory uh, molecules called cytokines in the body, IL-1 and IL-6, if you're familiar at all with immune, immunology. I'm not saying this as a general, there's inflammation. It's like, no, there literally is inflammation. Your body has to do that. And if we're really being honest, if your body did not have inflammatory cycles, you wouldn't be able to clot. You wouldn't be able to fight off viruses. You wouldn't be able to do all things. And right now, your body's having to go back into this like, oh, we don't have to regulate. We have to heal. We don't have to, we don't have to fight to keep this baby alive. We have to fight. We have to switch gears and keep this human alive. And so there's a lot going on in the body. And this inflammatory markers affects how your body secretes cortisol because inflammation is a stress response. It's a physiological stress response instead of a mental emotional stress response that results in cortisol secretion. So what does cortisol do in your body physically? Well, it increases your blood pressure by causing you to vasoconstrict your blood vessels. So your blood vessels get tinier. So um, if you decrease the volume of a space, then, uh, but don't if you decrease the volume of a space, but don't increase, don't decrease the amount of fluid, 
or you increase the amount of fluid because you're still trying to regulate how much fluid's in you and get rid of the excess because you don't have to keep all the complicated stuff of, of physiology. It'll increase your blood pressure. It raises your heart rate. Um, it increases how much uh, insulin, not insulin, it increases how much sugar you secrete from the liver because it causes your liver to dump um, glycogen, which is the stored form of glucose or sugar. And that allows you to really quickly fuel all your muscles so that you have the opportunity to do the flight part of flight, fight, or freeze. Say that 500 times fast. Um, and then in postpartum, because of that immune change, your body has a tendency in some women, not all, to increase the amount of antibodies against your thyroid. And they're called TPO antibodies. And that's why postpartum... It's actually really common for women to have postpartum thyroiditis, which is where your um, thyroid hormones get blocked. Um, it, it blocks the enzyme responsible for the formation of thyroid hormone. It's actually what happened to me postpartum. I had, um, I developed Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an increase in that antibody resulting in a decrease in thyroid hormone production. So my body started to keep signaling my thyroid, make more thyroid, make more thyroid, I need more thyroid. And my body was like, I can't. I was like, I'm trying to spit it out, but I can't, I can't do it. Um, and it results in symptoms like fatigue, um, weight gain, um, constipation, uh, loss, hair loss, uh, dry skin, a lot of really common generalized symptoms that also are common in postpartum in general. Like, you don't have time to put lotion on in postpartum. You don't have, like, you are losing hair just by the nature and natural physiological mechanisms of hair loss in postpartum. So, a lot of the symptoms that you experience of Hashimoto's thyroiditis or postpartum thyroiditis would be very similar to that of normal thyroid, normal postpartum. So, it's very difficult to put those together. But I... I'm talking about all this not to confuse you or add more complications to how you're thinking. I just want you to know that there are physiological mechanisms that make sense as to why you would develop mental health struggles in postpartum that aren't just, oh my god, it's a stressful time and I just can't cope. No, 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 no. Your body is trying its darndest to get you back to homeostasis. That's its like main job. Let's keep the blood pH at 7.2. I want to say it before, but I'm, I, don't, I think I'm getting that wrong. I want to keep a neutral pH, slightly basic, but a neutral pH. Um, and I want it to be like perfect within like the point, 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 and I want to keep my oxygen levels at the exact right level. And I want to keep my temperature at the exact right level. And to do that, it has to overcorrect and undercorrect and overcorrect and undercorrect. Kind of like, um, I always tell people that balance, homeostasis, these processes that we look at that are meant to have stability to them are when you look at the minute details of how they work in your body it's a slinky it's like you have to overcorrect to undercorrect to overcorrect to undercorrect and when you look at the total it's flatlined it's a, it's still that slinky looks like it's going back and forth at the perfect ratio but in reality it's overcorrecting and undercorrecting and overcorrecting and overcorrecting and undercorrecting and overcorrecting and it's <laughs> And your body is trying to do all this while it has decreased sleep, more stress, more cues, 
that would need you to have that cortisol release. Like, let's be real. There's never a time in your life that you actually need to wake up in the middle of the night from sleep that isn't an external, that isn't just like a a consequence of society. So like fire alarms better wake you up. But when you are a new mom, that baby's cry could wake you up if it was in the other country. Like I swear it is the craziest thing in the world. And because it's so programmed in you, you kind of just like snap up and go. Now, if you can't have that regulation, if you don't have that regulation, it's really hard to do the things you need to do. And it's not your fault. And because I'm trying to make this very clear that this is a physiological um, physiological change in your body, it is not your fault. And yes, counseling and mindset changes and mental health strategies and apps on your phone and friends and community and therapists and doctors, they all can help you with the regulation and work you through how to go about doing this. And if it's only for the first couple weeks while your body's really resetting and then like everybody is kind of in that like the world's upside down and I don't know when I'm going to ever stop crying mode, if that doesn't stop in two weeks, then it's okay for you to seek help. And there is zero shame because this is a physiological event. This is something that happens to your body at a chemical level. There is nothing wrong with getting pharmacological support or support from supplements and diet changes and lifestyle changes. But when lifestyle changes and mindset changes are not enough, there is you are not failing yourself. You are not giving up on yourself. You are not there is not a problem in you for having to have help and assistance to overcome that and you having to take medication or you make not having. You making the choice to take medication in postpartum to help with natural physiological changes so that you're able to provide for your family, be present with yourself, and not lose, size, not lose sight of who you are as a new mom is not a failure. It is a strength and a support system and a happy thing for you to do. And there are reasons why this happens. And it happens between 10 and 20%. 20%. That's one in five people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. And it's okay for it to be a challenge. It's okay to be afraid of taking an antidepressant. It's okay to be worried. It's okay to start out on a low dose and see how you respond. Now, with that, I also want to guide you on um, medications is that they take about six weeks for full effect. They take six weeks for full effect, meaning you need to have support systems in place to help you through those six weeks. And also, you should start to feel something happening before that. It's that full effect and that full effectiveness doesn't actually occur before six weeks. And so your physician might alter medication doses before that six weeks just to make sure you're okay. And generally, this is the crappy part about them, but it's also a good thing, is that side effects of them usually peak around two weeks. So you'll get the feelings of, of side effects of, of, of um, SSRIs within those two weeks. And they're usually mild. Um, you know, sometimes it's fatigue. Sometimes it's nausea. Sometimes it's upset stomach or um, occasionally some people get headaches, but it's not, they shouldn't be life altering. And I will remind you that a nocebo is very possible here. If you hear about side effects and then you take the medication and you like feel the side effects, 
Remember, your body looks for negative bias. It looks for ways that you're being harmed. And so it's going to highlight those symptoms, even if they were symptoms you were experiencing before. So it's really important to document daily symptoms that you're experiencing, though they're going to be changing in this crazy time. And knowing that both medication, coaching, or counseling is the best way to support yourself through this. Getting appropriate nutrition, making sure that if you're experiencing severe symptoms like depressed mood, lot hair loss, and excessive hair loss, and um, weight gain, and constipation, dry skin, those are signs that you might have something more than just postpartum-isms. They might actually be real pathological conditions that need to be treated. So make sure you're talking to your doctor, you're getting the help you need. And then the final caveat I will say is that this is not medical advice. I'm not trying to tell you that you can't, that you should take medication or you shouldn't take medication. What I'm telling you is that it is not a weakness to want to take medication or to put yourself into this position of taking medication to help you with postpartum. It's important for you to make that connection with your baby and you cannot do that if all you're doing is fighting fires all day long inside your brain. And it's not a weakness. And it doesn't mean that you don't you don't take your health seriously. It's not a, a sign. I'm a naturopath. And I'm telling you right here, right now, there is no shame in getting the help that you need in whatever form that is. Um, I hope this really helped. Let me know. And um, message me at Instagram, Dr. Kaylin Galloway. And also, if you have any other questions, email me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. I really want to help so many women with this experience. It's a crazy time in your life that isn't like no other. So I really hope that this helped someone and taught you something, made you feel a little less um, anxious about postpartum in some way, shape, or form. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Mom Naturopath Podcast. I really hope you learned something and grew during this episode. If you could leave me a pot review on Apple Podcasts that'd be so helpful for me. If you have any questions, email me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. And as always, please join our Facebook group, The New Mom Naturopath, on Facebook. Have a wonderful day.